Peace, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Behold Pop Culture, the show where we take a look at some prominent people, figures, and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them. Today is Saturday, March the 13th, and it has been an eventful week for sports once again as we come out of the conclusion of WandaVision going into the All-Star break. And we have now resumed with the second half of the NBA season. So we'll jump right in where there was an unfortunate series of events by which in his first game back from All-Star break, where he was unfortunately unable to play because of some issues concerning a barber and coronavirus, the top MVP candidate in Joel Embiid hyperextended his knee which should now have him out, unfortunately, for about two weeks. And with that injury, the MVP race may have just been busted wide open. Because if the Philadelphia 76ers backslide due to losing their best player for a couple of weeks, that'll open up the opportunity for one, the two-time MVP in Giannis Antetokounmpo to move his Milwaukee Bucks up in the rankings, for Kyrie Irving and James Harden to make their own case in Brooklyn. Nikola Jokic can continue to be a phenomenal big man out west. And of course, we have the other players like Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, whose teams haven't been seeing much success, but have been playing out of their minds throughout the NBA season. So it remains to be seen what extent this injury may have impacted Joel Embiid and what the future of this MVP race will be, and what seems to be the closest MVP race the NBA has seen in a while. I recently saw Charles Barkley make the case that Chris Paul should even be added to the conversation, because Steve Nash won an MVP for putting up similar stats to Chris Paul and having a similar impact on the exact same team that Chris Paul now has, competing for the number one spot in the Western Conference. So it'll be a fun ride towards the end of the season, and hopefully Joel Embiid could come back as soon as possible. But in the break, in the All-Star weekend, we had for the first time the All-Star game, the All-Star dunk contest, and the All-Star three-point contest all happen within the same day. In this day, we kicked it off with the skills challenge, which for whatever reason, big men have been dominating over the past few years, and once again with DeMontis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers, taking out very skilled players like Chris Paul and Luka Doncic. But the real event of the night was right after, when the three-point contest took place and Steph Curry put on another show to prove once again what has already been proven, that he's the greatest shooter that the NBA has ever seen. Utah Jazz player Mike Conley, who filled in in the All-Star game for Devin Booker, put up a good fight in the three-point contest. In fact, it came down to Steph Curry hitting a three at the very last second to win another three-point title for him. But at this point, I'm more surprised when he misses shots than when he makes them. And the hot streak that Curry went on led right into the All-Star game. 
by which him and Damian Lillard were just lighting up the entire game as teammates, just pulling up from half court at ease, showing the evolution in shooting in the NBA as they just blew out Team Durant playing for Team LeBron. And in the end, when they were winning by 20 points, Damian Lillard hit the final three-pointer from half court to seal the game. So it seems like everyone was able to make it out of All-Star Weekend alive and well. No one caught the COVID over that break. And everyone's preparing now for the final stretch as the real thought process is around the playoffs as we're approaching the trade deadline and everyone's going to have to lock in their players and plans for competing for an NBA title. And right now, the team that's surging is the Brooklyn Nets, who even without Durant, they're on a great 10-plus game win streak and don't seem to be at any point stopping. And once they have Durant and Blake Griffin, the new addition on the team, it's going to be a tough, tough team to beat in the Eastern Conference. And I'm sure out West, people are looking at them as the team that's going to be meeting them in the NBA Finals if they make it all the way. Within the sport of basketball in general, we'll also be entering March Madness. As on the day that you're hearing this, Selection Sunday has just passed. And everyone will be trying to put in their bracket choices to see if they could have the impossibly difficult perfect bracket. On the other side of the sports world, in the UFC, the rising star in Israel Adesanya took on his biggest challenge to date as he faced off against the Polish monster in Jan Blachowicz and unfortunately came away with a loss. Israel Adesanya was undefeated to that point. He was the middleweight champion and still is. But due to some complications with regards to being all the way prepared for the fight, Due to just Jan being such a talented fighter and coming in with a game plan that Israel was not prepared for, he put his weight on him and it was game over. He played a very technical fight and Israel was not able to overcome the vast weight and strength difference between the two fighters, though it was closer than the scorecards may have suggested. And now Israel has decided to return back to the middleweight and intends to dominate and one day return to light heavyweight and hopefully claim a championship there as well. But outside of that, this upcoming week seems to be pretty big for sports as a lot of NFL draft predictions will be coming out. Obviously, the aforementioned March Madness will be a big topic. The NBA is going to be back in full form. There'll be plenty more events to discuss. So we can move right along to the music section of the podcast, where outside of Giveon releasing a new album, an R&B album, the main news of the weekend will be the Grammys, which is always one of the most controversial, yet still dominating the culture, a big event, Every single year. And people will always, to the end of time, think that someone was snubbed, including myself. There were plenty of picks that I believe were questionable in terms of the nominations. But we have to work with what we're given. 
the value of a Grammy is in the eye of the person who receives or does not receive it. So deciding how much weight it holds is no longer just in the hands of the people who decide who receives a Grammy. But that aside, I wanted to just note some of the nominations, some of the predictions that I wanted to make on the awards that are most relevant to what we usually talk about here on Behold Pop Culture. So for best song of the year, it made me hearken back to a time pre-coronavirus where there was a a pretty popular song that was taken over. It was the first big charting hit that was on the charts for a long time since the Old Town Road situation. This song kind of came out of nowhere. It was off an album that wasn't expected to sell very highly. And here I'm referring to the song The Box by Roddy Rich. I expect this song to win not just Song of the Year, I expect it to win Melodic Rap Performance of the Year, as well as Best Rap Song of the Year. So I think this song is going to be racking up more than a couple Grammys because Roddy Rich did his thing on this song. The melody was so memorable. When you hear him tell the story, the producers that were in there, with him making the bed creaking sound, it was so simple, but everyone who's heard the song at least once can at least remember that one part. So as you're hearing that all throughout the song, it draws you in, and then his rap performance on the song was just perfect. So I have to give Roddy Rich's credit because... He wasn't a big artist coming into the release of his album, Please Excuse Me, because I'm antisocial. But there were plenty of major hit songs on this project, but The Box was just the one that took off. And understandably, as well as deservably so. So I'm predicting The Box to win a couple Grammys on Sunday night. I think Best New Artist, this is always a controversial one for me. Because some of the artists that are put on this list, the two that I think will be dominating the discussion are between Doja Cat and Megan Thee Stallion. And the issue I always have with this one is I never know how they gauge who's a new artist. Because both of them have had hit songs for more than a couple of years. I would say since about 2018, they've been in the public eye. Sure, they're at their peak or at least at their highest to this day right now, but I'm not sure if I would classify them as best new artists. But based on the Grammys classification, I think Megan Thee Stallion is by far the biggest artist of the nominees. So I would be more than surprised if she doesn't take away the best new artist award. Likewise, another controversial nomination With Album of the Year, I honestly don't think that any of the albums that were nominated were the best album over the last year. But based on my understanding from me actually listening to the music, from what I understand about the way that radio and in general plays come into the conversation with the best album of the year, I think that Post Malone will be taking that award with Hollywood's Bleeding. Further on the rap side, I think that the best rap album will be Alfredo. I mentioned 
I have a full breakdown and explanation about why I like that album in my season finale when I gave my albums of the year my top 10. So if you want to hear my breakdown on that, you could just refer back to that episode in season one. But I think Alfredo will run away with album of the year for rap. And likewise, in R&B, Giveon, who just released a new album, his previous one, Take Time, which was a masterpiece in and of itself, I think that will also receive Best R&B Album of the Year. And of course, my surprise album in the top 10, Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle, I think it's running away with Best Progressive R&B Album. So those are a couple of the predictions that I have for the Grammys. If there's any outrageous snubs, I'm going to have to come back next week and talk about what took place. And previously in the past couple of episodes, this would be the time where we would talk about the new WandaVision episode. But unfortunately, the show came to its conclusion. But lucky for any Marvel fans out there, anyone who just enjoyed WandaVision, this week coming up, We'll have a new show by Marvel called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, following the Falcon, who at the end of Avengers Endgame received Captain America's shield, as well as Captain America's best friend in the Winter Soldier going on their adventures. And I'm sure that there's going to be some links, whether it's to WandaVision, the next Marvel movies or another Marvel show. But now the the expectations are at its highest because of how great of a job they did with WandaVision. We just have to give them their credit. They have a lot riding on this being a good show because if they go two for two, Marvel is going to be in a great position and they'll be carrying Disney Plus all the way to the promised land. So if you, like me, are heavily anticipating the whole Marvel list of shows that are on their way, and we'll be checking out the next one in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, stay tuned because I'll be coming back with some discussions about what's taking place after every single episode. But luckily we can transition and end off with the gaming side where the biggest news of the week was the Roblox IPO. IPO, of course, standing for Initial Public Offering, which just means that Roblox is now publicly traded. So if you desire to be a partial owner of Roblox, you are now allowed to buy stock in it. But rather than giving financial advice, because I'm not the expert to give my advice on that, I'll just give you some Some numbers to think about here. With its IPO, Roblox's value as a company skyrocketed to $47 billion. And it's now been trading hovering around $70 to $80. This is a video game that is averaging about 31 million daily users. And rather than having a unique piece of private property, private offering as a game. It's actually a platform by which it relies on users to make the games. So what makes it run is the users that come out with some unique creative pieces 
that all of its users enjoy and that raises the value because there's, of course, in-game purchases. could turn real money into what's called Robux, purchase items, dances, all these different things in the platform that children love now. But with that, as it's IPOing, much of the hype around its public offering is about what necessarily is the room for the platform to grow. And the room that I believe is within expanding age-wise, I could argue that its biggest competitor is Minecraft, which is a similarly built platform in the sense that there's a lot of games that are designed by users that keep it going. But Minecraft already made the decision to expand and have its own unique game where it has its own story mode. And that gives it standalone value that Roblox doesn't have. And it also gives some room for growth in terms of being better graphically, more advanced in the terms of some designs that are within the game. So Roblox's challenge with all the newly acquired money is figuring out how it's going to appeal to an older audience. If it can tackle that, then Roblox is going to have a lot of success going down the line because what seems to be the trend is Roblox is popular amongst the around 6 to 11, 12-year-olds. And then there's a drop-off where they either turn to different games on consoles like a Fortnite or just transition to what is viewed as the older version of that game in Minecraft. So it remains to be seen what the company will do. But I've seen that some of these people that are making the game, some of the users on the platforms that generate a lot of in-game purchases make upwards of $100,000 a year. And some of them are kids. Some of them are 15, 16, 17 years old and just used what they knew about the game to leverage it and make their own great piece of content. So I'll personally be keeping my eye out on that as Roblox is clearly a big staple in the gaming world, particularly for children. And the only other major news that took place was the PlayStation 5 now becoming the fastest selling console in U.S. history. So let's see what Sony can do with it. But with that being said, we can end off on this half an episode there was some technical restrictions that prevented me from making a full episode this time around. So I just decided to make this half an episode. I wanted to at least put some content out. And if you were able to make it through, even with the limitations that may not have made this the best possible episode that it could have been, I appreciate you. And I usually would say that any advice will help out here, but this isn't the best representation of what Behold Pop Culture is or will be. So this was more of a free gift to make sure that I keep everyone tapped into the culture. And I hope that you were able to enjoy it. I promise the next episode will be even better than this one as always. So thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop.